Hey there, Pearlside Church small group leaders and future leaders. Thank you so much for joining us for Pearlside Small Group Leaders podcast. Uh, we want to provide this as a resource for all of you, not just to prepare for small groups from week to week, but even to how to think about our small groups in general. There's a very specific philosophy that we have regarding small groups that I think is unique and important for us uh, to make disciples. And it's something that we call relational discipleship. And it's, it's very different from just teaching and memorizing information. It's about internalizing the Word of God into our personal lives through our stories and how God is uniquely working in every single one of our lives. And it's going to be different. And that's what I love about small group. What God is speaking to one person and doing in one person is different from the other. But we all get to learn together and, uh, and grow together through uh, what God's doing in every single one of our lives. And so for this, uh, this episode, I wanted to take a moment and just talk about the overall philosophy of relational discipleship in our small groups. And the idea here is we, we, we call our small groups sermon-based small groups. In other words, it's based on, the discussion of the small group is based on the content of the weekend sermon. So everyone that heard the weekend sermon uh, can actually facilitate a small group because you have a basic idea of what the message was about. You heard someone teach and preach on it. And so now you're basically leading a conversation around the weekend sermon. You don't have to be an expert in the Bible. You don't have to be able to answer everyone's questions. Just You just have to point back to what was spoken over the pulpit and what is referenced in the discussion guides and let the word and the weekend sermon be the authority uh, for that small group. And so small group leaders, if you don't know all the answers, you, you can just say, I don't know, but let's think about what Pastor Norman said or, or what someone else said over the pulpit that weekend and use that as the, uh, the reference point. But what it does is it provides a focus for the discussion where we're now... Uh, processing what the Word said for our individual lives, and that's really the goal. And so as we prepare for our small group meetings, um, we want to think about finding a location that is conducive for that type of a conversation. Uh, Food courts have been great in the past. You can gather around tables, McDonald's or wherever. Uh, Now we're in, as of this recording, somewhat of a COVID restriction, so maybe that's not necessarily possible. Well, what's great is I've seen small groups gather in parking lots, uh, in parks, outdoor, you know, and having the same conversation. So we just need to think about a place where um, less than six people can gather together, gather together, and have a meaningful conversation about the word, and um, and then our discussion guide is designed such that we're reflecting on the weekend sermon. So let me walk through uh, the basic components of our discussion guide. It starts off with the main thought and passages based on the weekend sermon. The main thought kind of provides a summary paragraph of of the main thoughts of the weekend sermon, uh, just to kind of crystallize it for everyone. Because we've designed our small groups such that you don't have to have been at the weekend sermon to participate. I routinely have people who didn't hear the message and uh, still able to meaningfully participate in the discussion thanks to the main thought and passages. And that's kind of the idea. You don't have to have been at, the, at church to, to uh, hear the message. So new people can all equally participate. Um, and then you have the passages that, that were based on the weekend sermon and some subpoints or points uh, that were given at the message uh, to reflect on. And so what we typically want to do is take turns reading through these different points so that everyone can have an opportunity to participate. I, I will usually ask a new person in advance if they're comfortable reading. Some people aren't. Uh, and so I don't ever want to put someone on the spot, you know, their first time in group and now they got to read and maybe, you know, that's a, a fear of theirs. We don't want to throw them into that. Uh, but letting the other people kind of read and, and uh, help. And then we come to the discussion questions area. 
And the first discussion question is usually something like this. As you reflect on the main thoughts and passages above and the weekend sermon, what stands out to you and why? Now, some, some people have said, why is it always the same question? We ask the same question in every small group. Well, because I think it's important that we do. And here's the reason. God is always speaking something unique to each person. Uh, everybody has a different story, different situations. And the Holy Spirit, who knows every single one of us intimately, is highlighting something different from the Word uh, unique to that person. And what we want to do is cause the members of the group to reflect on that. What is God saying to me? What is standing out to me? And I'm always amazed that what stands out to one person is totally different than what stands out to another person. It doesn't make any of them wrong. It's just the Holy Spirit is shining a light on a different aspect for that unique person's needs. And so I want to hear that. We want them to talk about that because studies have shown that if we're able to reflect on our story and, and, and share it out, out loud, there's a greater level of mental integration that happens, enabling that person to connect those concepts to their real life versus just regurgitating something that they heard. It's sharing it uh, from their own story, th- through their own life history. And that's what we want. What's standing out to you and why? And very often I'll hear stuff like, um, you know, what stands out to me is I need to forgive, you know, such and such person because, you know, they hurt me in the past or my mom abandoned me or whatever. And sometimes the message didn't even talk about it. We didn't talk about forgiveness at all, but that's what they heard. Well, that's great, man. I want to hear that. And let's talk about that. Let's land there uh, because that's what's going to ultimately help that person. And so we want each person to have an opportunity to share what's standing out to them. Sometimes uh, they got nothing. Nothing really stood out to me. And I'll always say, that's okay. You don't have to. If you got nothing, that's totally fine. You can pass. Uh, Because again, we don't want to put people on the spot. Uh, And then the second question is more of a reflection on the the content based on that person's past. So I'll give you an example. How has, uh, it usually will say something like this, how has reading and obeying God's word brought blessings to your life so far? So notice what it's asking is, what has God spoken to you in the past and how has that affected you so far? So we're asking them to reflect again on the message and how it applies to their lives. And uh, this can be a, another great opportunity for them to reflect and share. Now, sometimes we won't even move past the first question. I've had many small group discussions where we just stay on the first question because it's so rich and meaningful. Uh, if it is, great. Don't feel like you have to go through all of them. We provide multiple questions just as a resource because sometimes that first question will go by real quick. <laughs> We're just going to be staring at each other if we stay there. So there's other questions that can prompt further conversation. And then the last question is usually an application question. Uh, where we want people to have some practical takeaway from the weekend sermon and something that they're going to try to apply in their lives going forward. So from last weekend, uh, the question says, how is God challenging you to obey his word more in 2022? What practical steps can you take in doing so? Right. So we want them to think about what can I do? How can I apply this word going forward? And uh, it also says, what challenges do you face in applying God's word? Explain. And that's where someone uh, in my small group said, man, what challenges me in applying God's word is I just don't have time to even read it because my kids have all these activities. I'm super busy. I work, you know, 60 hours a week. I don't even have time to read the Bible. But what I'm going to attempt to do is listen to the Bible in my car when I'm stuck in traffic or I'm going to read the Bible while I'm on the toilet. Hey, that's all viable. All right. (laughs) Whatever you got to do to get the word in. But that that was one person's application. I thought, man, that's great. If, If you just do that, you're going to be leap years ahead of where you were in 2021. Um, And so we want people to think about that. And sometimes people can say, I don't know how to apply the word to my life. And that's where listening to the other people's applications might stimulate an application in you. 
And so that's what that's why these are so important. We all share our different applications and we learn from one another. None of us are experts. We're all figuring this out. Some are further ahead than others. And so we want to be able to learn from one another. I love when I hear uh, people in my small group share how they're applying the word, man. It, it encourages me. And I've been, I've been a Christian longer than many of them. But yet, there's so much I can learn. And that's got to be the perspective that even us as leaders have is this thing of humility where I'm here to learn from all of you. Even though I may be more of a quote-unquote expert, there's still something that I can learn uh, from the people in my group especially as it relates to how they are applying and wrestling with the Word of God themselves. And then after the application questions, take some time there. What I love, what we need to do is leave 10 minutes towards the end of the small group meeting for the prayer portion. Uh, please don't skip this or, or rush through it as I'm sometimes guilty of doing because I run over time. Um, but the first prayer point is always about applying uh, the discussion to your life. So pray for one another to obey God's Word more in 2022. And that may be taking an application point and praying that we actually do it, right? So I may pray for Joe. Joe, help Joe to actually remember to read his Bible every day. Or help Joe to actually apply forgiving his neighbor like he talked about, right? So those kinds of things. And we'll take turns praying for one another. And then the second prayer point is always about praying for one unreached friend or family member uh, that they will come to know Christ. The reason why that's always in there is we often forget that. Right? We are focused on what we need God to do for us, and we forget that we're not just here for us. Uh, Christians are left on this earth to be a blessing to somebody. And so we always want to leave our small groups thinking about an unchurched friend or family member and praying for them that God will use us to reach them sometime this year. And if we leave with that, the odds of us actually applying that and reaching out to a friend or caring for a loved one uh, goes up if that's the last thing we talk about. So we want to talk, stop and pray for that. And I've had people say, man, I don't know who to pray for. I don't have anyone. And we'll take a moment, think about it. Maybe a coworker, friend, family member who's going through something. And invariably, all of us have friends or family members that could use some prayer. And uh, we make sure that we take some time to pray uh, as we close. And so that's a basic outline, very simplified version of what a small group discussion might look like. Um, before the discussion, have some small talk. After the discussion, officially end. So p- if people need to leave, they can leave. They don't feel you know, trapped, like they got to stay forever. But stick around. Those that have time may want to spend some time in fellowship after. And I've noticed that the post-small group discussion fellowship is even better than the beginning because now there's a greater context for one another. And uh, it's just a great time to connect and build relationally uh, with the members of your group. Um, but officially end the group. So if people need to leave, they can but you can continue the fellowship afterwards. In following uh, episodes of this podcast, we're going to break down individual small group discussion guides to prepare you in advance. Uh, The goal here would be if you just listen to this podcast before your small group discussion, you'll be even more equipped to facilitate it and prepared to facilitate your discussion. And we hope that we can make this available so that anybody can lead. That's really the goal, that anyone should be able to lead a small group discussion. You don't have to have a seminary degree or be an expert in this. You just have to have heard the weekend sermon, maybe listened to this podcast, thought about it a little bit, and uh, you should be able to lead a meaningful discussion and help people uh, grow in their walk with God. So that's the goal. But thank you so much, small group leaders and facilitators, future small group leaders, for doing what you do. We want to create room for God to work in people's lives. And he always does it through relationships. And that's why we practice relational discipleship. That's what you do. That's who we are. And thank you for doing that. And we look forward to discussing this further with you in future episodes. God bless you.